Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and I'm joined by a uh, total's borny head, Ski. Hello. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a pothead. <laughs> no, 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 but uh, do you do you remember in the episode what Borny was also called? I'm guessing it was a wang. Yeah, I believe so. Um, <laughs> Didn't know it was specifically said, but uh, no, but uh, it was alluded to. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'm also joined by the uh, curator of the Children's Cheese Museum. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important job. Exactly, it That's is. Right. I was afraid I was going to be a man without dated fashion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, today we're going to be doing Season 6, Episode 3, If At Last You Don't Succeed. You do succeed. What's that? If At Last You Do Succeed. Oh, okay. Ski will be doing our recap. Apparently he knows a little more about this title than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> We'll be, of course, giving it our MVP through the episode and uh, our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake as we continue on uh, here in the mm-hmm. sixth season, working towards the end to find out what our best episode ever Marching is. Marching on. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, did either of you two have any uh, listener interactions or other non-related news? I had news? quite a few. Uh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm taking it that you must have talked to like, my wife or something. No, I just <laughs> lied. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I had one thing in particular um, yeah. that I thought was a, a nice uh, message from Mario. Oh, hello, Mario. Yeah, Mario sent us a message saying... Uh, I thought he's still listening. We yeah. heard from him in a while. And not only is he still listening, but he's also beefing up our international numbers right nice. now. Is he traveling? Yeah, he said, hey, Alan, I hope you guys are doing great. I'm in Paris right now spreading wow. the Sophia's Choice Gospel. Nice. Uh, keep up the great work. Yeah, so. is, he, is he the one from Texas? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think... Thank he, you very much. I, yeah. I appreciate that he's out there. Really? Uh, Helping us get some extra international listens while he's uh, abroad. Indeed. Um, Metal Spice is going to be overseas here soon. I wonder if she'll pick up and listen to an episode or two. uh, Switzerland and other places. Awesome. I hope that she she ends up listening to us in a couple different countries to Mm -hmm. help increase those numbers. Yeah, I told her to uh, download the episodes here, because if she downloads them over there, she won't be able to clear customs to get back. Ah. <laughs> be, on, be, on, be on the watch list. A lot of extra baggage. Yeah, we don't we don't want to have a situation where she gets detained. Exactly. <laughs> I've seen that Claire Danes movie. Right. <laughs> what was it called? What was that called? I don't remember. I, see, in my mind, I was thinking more of Brittany Griner. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More contemporary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the? What was the? Because Matt Damon just had the one too, right? Where he like did his Josh Bolin impression, and oh, he had a daughter who was like in France, and yeah, got arrested for killing a roommate or something. Yeah, or, something uh, of that nature. I don't remember the name I don't of think either. I've seen that one. I haven't either. But I just remember he was, you know, doing his Josh Bolin cosplay in the <laughs> trailer. <laughs> I think that's funny that you think it's. Uh, Cosplay for Josh Brolin, like, <laughs> like they're like Josh wasn't available. Exactly. Um, Bad Damon was, so we're just gonna make him up to look as exactly. much like Josh Brolin as possible. Exactly, like he was out uh, doing more Thanos prep. <laughs> <So>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyways. All right. Well, ski if uh, you gotta do a lot of weightlifting for Thanos. Yeah, definitely. Just <laughs> all those CGI muscles. <laughs> exactly. They're not gonna make themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, ski, I think we're ready for you to kick off the episode whenever you're ready. Uh, episode uh, or season six, episode three. If at last you do succeed, I thought it was don't succeed. No, oh, that's what I thought as well. <laughs> but skis, skis the recapper in chief. Well, <laughs> it makes more sense if you think about the episode. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, so we're starting to apply internal logic to these things <laughs> <laughs> lightly, <laughs> sparingly. Uh, original as air needed. date. <laughs> say what? As needed. Right. <laughs> Uh, original air date was October 6, 1990. Written really? by uh, Robert Spina. Oh, that makes sense. And directed by <laughs> Matthew Diamond. <laughs> Maybe it's Spina. I don't know. It looks like Spina to me. S-P-I-N-A. Matthew Diamond? No, Robert <laughs> Spina. S-P-I-N-A. S-P-I-N-A? Mm-hmm. Spina? Spina? I don't know. I don't think it matters, but well, it makes sense. We can have way. an in-depth conversation. <laughs> I think there have been a lot of worthwhile, you know, funny debates we've had on this mm-hmm. on this podcast. This wouldn't be one. You don't think the Spina Spina? <laughs> no, I don't think it's hot on the minds of our listeners. Or, or Spina, like he's a freaking DJ. Yeah, maybe that's what he does in the spinning free time. the records. Mm-hmm. I'm a Spina. That's his true passion. But he writes Golden Girls episodes on the on side. On the side, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just to you know keep paying the bills. Yeah, when in between DJ jobs. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, DJing is his passion. <laughs> I always thought a good DJ name would be uh, DJ Eggroll Number One. <laughs> Just really like that. And I mentioned it to Helena, and she didn't think it was a good one. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good DJ name, yeah. but I don't know. Normally, at least when I've seen DJ names, they seem a little more techno than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> Maybe you just need to have the right market, and mm-hmm. maybe Helena's not the right market yeah. <laughs> for, for your DJing services. Uh, you need a market that really likes a nice slow jam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of instrumental work, mm-hmm. exactly. and, and only four songs at their entire wedding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we open the kitchen. Rose and Sophia are in the kitchen. Sophia is cooking uh, when Dorothy enters and comments about how good the food smells. Real quick. Speaking of like chill weddings or, you know, weddings with four songs or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I went to, you know, our friend Scott's wedding. um, And this was like a year or so ago now, or about a year ago, I guess. And he's, you know, my age. So he's, you know, he was 44 at the time, maybe 43. And his wedding was really, really nice. It was a splendid time. He's had by all and everything. And it was populated almost exclusively by people like in their early 40s or whatever, you know. Um, And there were kids there and different things like that. But the lady who did his now wife's hair uh, was also invited as a guest, you know, and she brought her, you know, significant other or whatever. And she was like, you know, 24 or whatever. Okay. And she commented to him that, you know, it was like the most chill wedding she had ever been to. (laughs) And it's just because that she's of the age where all the weddings that she goes to, everybody's just drunk and partying and whatever. (laughs) And he's holding a wedding for geriatrics. Most people are like, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's like <laughs> I'll sip on the one cup all night. Exactly. It's like they either have their kids with them or they're at home with the babysitter, and they've got to relieve them by eight thirty or whatever. <laughs> I got work tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> I can't be getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was amusing. Yeah, I learned definitely. that the other day. Sounds like an enjoyable time. Yeah, it was a good time. So thank you to you know Scott for inviting me a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my daughter yesterday I picked her up from school and you know she started high school uh-huh. this year. Yeah. And she was telling me she's like, Oh yeah, there's somebody in the hall, this uh, guy uh, told me he liked my shirt because they were out of uniform this week. Normally they wear mm-hmm. uniforms, yeah. um, but they were out she for having a great golden shirt. Yeah, she did. Nice. And he's like, Oh, what's your favorite song? And she told him and What'd she say? Uh, her favorite song is uh, Sugar Magnolia, nice. the uh, Paris recording from 1972. Very, nice. Very specific. Yeah. Very yeah. specific, yeah. Um, it's very good. And uh, I can't remember what she said that his was. It wasn't a song that I was familiar with because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mostly familiar with the yeah. at least semi-hits. Yeah. Uh, but I was giving her a scowl most of the time yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. she was telling me about her interactions yeah, with yeah. this boy. Is that she, the one from the Lyceum Ballroom or? Which one? The oh, Sugar Magnolia. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure what the, I'm sure she could tell you gotcha. what the specific venue is, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it is offhand. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was uh, a moment that I was like, on the one hand, it's like cool you connected with somebody about yeah, this yeah, thing, yeah. but it'd have to be some skeevy boy, <laughs> <laughs> some pothead, <laughs> right? <laughs> but. Um, we'll tell her not that version, okay? But the version right. from six months later, from August of '72, mm-hmm. that they did at the um, the benefit for some creamery in Oregon, like a dairy farm or whatever. Okay. If you go to the Grateful Dead's website or whatever. You can, like, not necessarily remix it, but they've got all the instruments there as individual tracks. Mm. So you could sort of, like, lower the drums or, like, take out the drums or the bass or whatever instrument you happen to play, take that out, and then, like, record your own version. Like, you're playing the drums with the song or the bass or the guitar or whatever. Oh, and then sort cool. of play it back and be like, oh, this is what it would be like if I had been jamming the Sugar Magnolia <laughs> at Ken Casey's Creamery in <laughs> August of 72. I'll definitely have to let her know yeah, about yeah. that. You guys have seen The Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. You know how like they can just upload information and you've got it instantly? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I think that's how Brent operates all the time on its musical facts. Uh-huh. It's like anything that we're talking about, yeah. he's like, I need this information now It'll from 1972, <laughs> before my birth. <laughs> Well, in fairness, the website was far after his birth. That's true. It's yeah, that's true. It's true. And we, we did, so we just hit the 50th anniversary of that show, and so that's why it's uh, fresh yeah. in my mind. Mm, Unders- yeah. I guess that makes a little more sense, so. but you do that stuff yeah. all the time. And it's not an insult. Mm-hmm. It is astonishment on my yeah. end. <laughs> so, but that whole album is called, uh, like, there's 
released commercially a few years back as Sunshine Daydream. Oh, okay. And you should tell her to check that out because it's like one of the Pretty top. Good, huh? Yeah, it's like one of the top ten Grateful Dead shows of all time. I actually we gave her a poster with that on there mm-hmm. recently because our dog, and more specifically her dog, is named mm-hmm. Sunshine. Okay. Uh, so it was a double, you know, yeah, double meaning for her. But I'll definitely tell her to check. Is that, that out. how she got the name? No, she named her right. No, uh, I can't remember if she named her or if Joey did, uh, but she had the name because she's a yellow lab, uh, and Sunshine was... Uh, it seemed fitting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she was a fan of the Grateful Dead at the time, but not nearly as much so as she is now. Right. So. I know she was in a Queen phase for a long time, too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and she still enjoys Queen. She, she actually has a pretty diverse musical interest nowadays. Not a whole lot of super uh, modern stuff, but... I think she's got a lot more variety than I did at that age. Oh, yeah, same here. Um, she has more variety than I probably do at this age. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just to interject, so it was the Olympia is where they played in Paris. Oh, okay. Um, but they released that concert on vinyl um, for Record Store Day 2021. It's a six LP set, and I have it. Oh, very so, nice. So that's how I remembered when she mentioned it. But tell her it's a solid show. I will. I'll let her know. They got, um. so for that Europe 72 tour, they just did, and I picked this up, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it, whatever. But the um, four shows that they did in London at the end, they released on vinyl. It's like a 24 vinyl box set. Oh, wow. So that's going to be a, a solid weekend investment to <laughs> get through all of that. <laughs> that'll, yeah, that'll take a while. Yeah. How long was it? It's, you said it's 24? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, six records for each show, each of the four shows. So. How long is each one approximately? Or do they vary? About four hours. Take three and a half. Should I start over? No, I, don't, <laughs> I think you, I mean, had you started really? You gotten through the the name of the uh, we covered writer. the first line. <laughs> oh, okay. do the title again. Maybe I'll get it right this time. Because <laughs> <laughs> in my world, you got it wrong, even though I have nothing to base that on. <laughs> yeah, all all, all based on our uh, entitled to our own opinions. Right. <laughs> some, well, are, some are factual, some are not. <laughs> we could all have our own opinion on what the title of the episode is, and there's no way to tell who's right. <laughs> you know what the, you know what Homer says: facts are meaningless; they can be used to prove anything. Exactly. Sadly, <laughs> seems like that's the way of the world nowadays. Well, because I'm an asshole, I did look it up, and Ski's right, and we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so Rose and Sophia are in the kitchen. Sophia's cooking, and Dorothy enters and comments about how good it smells. Right. Sophia tells her daughter, come over and taste it, offering like a wooden spoonful of uh, like a sauce. Dorothy happily comes over and sips the uh, sauce, only to instantly realize it's piping hot. Sophia reads the cookbook instructions out loud. Bring to a near boil. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Dorothy asks her mother what she's doing, and Sophia explains that you know her eyesight is going bad, so she enjoys a prank she can hear. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy walks away as Blanche then marches into the kitchen, clearly upset. She asks Rose why there's a giant velvet uh, uh, painting of dogs playing poker on the front lawn, along with various other items. Rose smiles and responds that the painting is likely intriguing passersby if she knows her art lovers. Yeah, I like that line a lot. Uh, Blanche deduces that Rose is having a yard sale, which she apparently doesn't like the idea of, as she indicates it would be a hassle dealing with people trying to Haggle over the price of her Las Vegas cup. Yeah, I thought about when I did the intro, and, and I forgot about it. I wish I would have. But I wanted to introduce myself as a, a person wearing a Simpson shirt trying to get 25% off my <laughs> I lost my ass in Vegas cup. <laughs> I almost did that for my introduction to next week's episode. Like, you were going to be the man in the Simpson shirt, uh, and you were going to be the man who lost his ass in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and those are both, well, one, yeah. would be, one would be accurate. I do have a Simpson shirt on oh, right nice. now. Uh, Real quick, can I mention one more thing about that course. Grateful Dead concert? Uh, yeah, um, the sure. vinyl box. <laughs> so I was checking the track list to find out what Sugar Magnolia was around or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on side J. It went Warcraft, Jack Straw, Sugar Magnolia um, towards the end. But um, my favorite thing about this one is, uh, so side H, okay. Um, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> So like side H is, um, you know, the first um, 18 and a half minutes of the other one, mm-hmm. okay? And then you flip it over, 
and you've got like the, um, the final three minutes of drums. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but then you put on to the next record, and then you get the next uh, 13 minutes of the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, five minutes of me and Bobby McGee before you have to flip it over to the next side where you get the final three minutes of the other one. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like one, two, three, four, five sides of vinyl just for that one song. Wow. <laughs> so it does kind of lose something as you get up and flip it over. Right. And <laughs> yeah, you kind of get taken sleep. out of the jam. Exactly. <laughs> Man. Exactly. They're failing your arms around the room, but then you have to stop. Exactly. <laughs> the arms drop down. Exactly. <laughs> So, thank you, you know, Grateful Dead for putting that on vinyl so we can have the <laughs> the quality of sound, but <laughs> boo for not inventing a record that's, you know, long feet long, <laughs> <laughs> so we can just drop the needle. <laughs> like the world's largest pizza type of a situation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. One of those comically oversized Guy Fieri tenderloins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that's you know partly why they came with things like CDs and stuff to hold a lot more at one point. Yeah. I wonder with today's technology if they could create a more precise uh, vinyl record that could hold considerably more. I mean, they, I'm sure they could, they'd but have to they have a smaller also, needle. Yeah, stuff. they'd have to make a, a more precise record player. No, that's what I mean, like all together. Like. Yeah, I'm sure that they could, but I don't think there'd probably be the market for it. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, with records being more or less a collector's item. True, true. I think at this point, I know that there are people who enjoy the sound quality that they mm -hmm. produce. I just don't think that it'd be enough of an audience to create a whole new technology. <laughs> <laughs> or Maybe it'd be a niche audience. Is it called niche? Yeah, I it's believe niche. so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I used to pronounce it with the hard ch. Niche? Yeah. So, but I was like, no, I'm a fool. It's <laughs> niche. <laughs> like the philosopher Nietzsche. Right. <laughs> yes. It was very niche. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Rose is uh, worried though that she replies she didn't mean to have her cup outside if it is out there. All right. Uh, Dorothy defends the idea of a yard sale and uh, you know says if uh, she wants to get rid or Sophia makes another attempt to get someone to taste the scalding hot sauce. Blanche then tells Rose that if she's really trying to get rid of some stuff. Uh, she'll just <laughs> buy it off her all for fifty bucks. Right. Rose accepts the offer, but warns that all sales are final. Uh, not wanting to hear uh, complaints about the contents, she characterizes it as crapola in a box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It seems odd to me, because I basically get the impression that she has shit just randomly sitting on the lawn. There's mm -hmm. no one out there tending to it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, how are people supposed to know that they're even going to buy it? There's no one there. I would say that would be a, a, a legitimate complaint on Blanche's part. <laughs> yeah, that's just like, okay, your just stuff sitting on the lawn. stuff out there? Exactly. You know, it looks like Sanford and Son or something. Yeah. <laughs> just looks like trash, right? And just going by the uh, honor method or, you know, code or whatever that people are going to yeah, yeah. little bin that inside. says leave money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kind of like uh, around Halloween, take one piece. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely had times where I thought, you know, like my sister will ask me to sell some stuff for her on eBay or something like that, and I just think, mm -hmm. maybe I should just offer her a low, but not too low price to mm -hmm. take it off her hands and <laughs> give it to the Goodwill instead. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Uh, the doorbell rings, and Dorothy goes to get it. Uh, in the meantime, Sophia compliments Rose's savvy deal-making skills and tricks her into trying the sauce. As Dorothy uh, gets next to the door, you hear Rose yelp in pain from the other room. Mm -hmm. I don't like it when they hurt each other. I don't <laughs> mind when they make fun of each other, but I'm not a big fan of it when they physically hurt somebody. Yeah, and mm -hmm. she got two of them in one uh, one go. Mm -hmm. She almost tried to get Blanche, right? Yeah. Uh, Stan is at the door. He comes in and tells the girls they need to turn on the TV uh, quickly and find out uh, why he's suddenly a wealthy man. He explains that he's invented the Zborny. Mm-hmm. Rose asked what so, that is. So, that so, it's, so obviously right now it's like, you know, 625, 626 or whatever in the evening. Yeah. And they are nowhere near even ready to start dinner. Right. Like these are not like any elderly <laughs> people I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they appear to be dining at 730. Well, this something. is Miami. So maybe in Miami dinner is more like on Paris time. Uh, so <laughs> so your normal people Very are eating European. at like 10 o'clock and maybe. the elderly eat at 8. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he explains that he's invented the, the Zborny. Uh, Rose asks what that is, and Dorothy begins to explain that uh, she wouldn't want it. Apparently, Stan used the same name for something in their married life. Right. Which, like you alluded to. Uh, Stan turns on the TV, and at that exact moment, his commercial is beginning. 
that explains that the Zaborni is a device that opens a baked potato without burning your hands mm-hmm. for only twelve ninety five. Have either of you ever burnt your hands on a baked potato? I, not I, once not in my life. Not that I can life. recall. Me uh, neither. Maybe straight off the grill if I wasn't being careful. Well, I like guess it depends. took it off the grill with your hand? or <laughs> Why would you do that, right? Like, no, like if it was a boil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I, don't, I can't imagine the scenario where I did do that. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought you were having a moment of clarity there. <laughs> Sorry, I came out stupid. But... It was funny though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I've got it. Don't worry, guys. Ah, that's freaking hot. Stanley's on to something here. Yeah. I mean, well, the only thing I can figure, like, normally when I open a baked potato, I just cut it down the middle and then <laughs> you know push it open. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I guess if you really wanted to like de-jacket it or something. Yeah. Then it would be more problematic. But. Is he talking about maybe like taking foil off of it, like it was cooked in foil? Yeah, that's that's maybe. all I could imagine. It's like yeah. yeah, like if it's been sitting in a pile of other potatoes yeah. and you pick it up and oh yeah, it's really mm-hmm. hot. But mm-hmm. then you like put it back down yeah. and <laughs> wait yeah, for. Because yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's that hot, are you really mm-hmm. wanting to crack it open and start eating right away? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's really hot in my mouth now. <laughs> At least my hands are okay. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Do you guys eat many baked potatoes? No, not particularly. Uh, I think that we would eat more, uh, but we just don't ever think about it when mm-hmm. the, you know, like we're making up a shopping list or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's not that we're anti-baked potato by any means. Yeah. At least three of the five people in our house yeah. are fans of them. But what about you? Do you eat them on a regular basis? Yeah, uh, like baked sweet potatoes. Oh, okay. about once a week for lunch. Oh wow, mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. But gross. Yeah, I hate sweet potatoes. Oh no, great. <laughs> Um, yes, we, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he you almost said, corrected you. No, no, you're wrong. Yeah, you're like, oh, no. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you're, no, I, I disagree with that. Um, Sherry likes them, um, but I'm yeah. not a fan. I put uh, coconut chips on mine. Oh, okay. Um, Helena uses like butter and sour cream and black pepper and stuff. So. I've seen uh, people do uh, uh, butter and uh, like cinnamon with sweet mm-hmm. potatoes. Yeah, I bet yeah. that's really good. Mm-hmm. I think it is. So we have... Um, so we've got the uh, instant pot Dutch oven or okay. whatever, um, so we can just like slow cook potatoes in there. Wait, you can not a lot of stuff in there, but mm-hmm. we always use them for that. So like you know, after I take my morning break, I throw a couple sweet potatoes in there, and then when lunchtime rolls around, and I've been hot and ready for you, right? Exactly. exactly. You touch them real fast with your hands. I use tongs and like <laughs> take it from the thing. No, no, you gotta use the Zaborni. <laughs> <laughs> Only twelve ninety five, Brent. Yeah. Over half a million sold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, $6 million. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, that'd be in pure revenue, but uh, once you take out the cost of the thing, still, I'm sure he's coming yeah. out pretty good. Exactly. Well, I mean, he has, you know, what, Japanese, or probably manufactured in China or whatever. Yeah. Because wasn't it like Christmas novelties were on a slow boat from China something or something? like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his tagline is, uh, a day without potatoes is unnecessary. <laughs> it also claims, like I said, that over he half a million were sold. Yeah. Say what? He came up with that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very clever. Very, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Well, I can't. It's like, I'm going to wait till I have $6 million, and then I'm going to brag to Dorothy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, my favorite line of this little part, I, I enjoyed this whole commercial thing, um, but I did love it when... On the commercial, he says something about burning your hands mm-hmm. or having a potato without burning your hands. And Rose's like, no, it can't be yeah. done. <laughs> he was like, it can be done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then it says that over half a million have already been sold. So it makes you think there's like a half a million Rosen Islands out there in America. Right. <laughs> <laughs> at least. It's like, at the... Out of all the people we have, I'm sure there are. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it would have to be a nationwide commercial. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, there aren't that many in Miami. Six on network exactly. TV. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as you guys mentioned, that uh, it's over $6 million at this point. Uh, Rose immediately calls to order one, and Dorothy tells her to hang up. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Sophia does some quick math and figures out how much Stan has actually made from this item. Mm-hmm. After seeing the lucrative deal, uh, she... Uh, Immediately apologized to him for previous insults, but does tell him that in Sicilian, yutz means Apollo. <laughs> yeah. Dorothy cuts through the uh, the crap and asks, you know, if things are going so well, why are you here? Like, what do you want? He explains that a Japanese distributor is interested in the company uh, and will be holding a reception for the vi- they are holding a reception for the vendor. Uh, he wants Dorothy to accompany him as a date. 
but she quickly denies it or declines. Uh, he kind of presses and says, oh, come on. Uh, he compliments her, saying that, you know, she's good to talk to successful people. Right. Or good at it. Uh, and then quickly insults her by saying that she's not too obviously sexy. Right. So, you know, that's always a good way to win someone's... Uh, yeah, it is a real backhanded compliment because he's not mm-hmm. saying she's not sexy. He's just mm-hmm. saying not too obviously sexy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, yeah, you're sneaky attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, she starts to close the door on him, uh, telling him sayonara, Stanley. Mm-hmm. And he yells through the door that says, see, you even know the language. Yeah. I thought it was good, too, during that when she's asking why he didn't ask somebody else and suggest his mom as an option. Well, he just asks, you know, why he didn't ask someone else, and he says he's asked everybody he's already diseased. Yeah. Well, then I think she mentions, well, yeah, when he's at the disease, I think his mom and Dorothy are the only two left, and that uh, mom chews too loud and still calls them Japs. (laughs) (laughs) Probably wouldn't be a good look. (laughs) Uh, We change scenes. Uh, Blanche comes up uh, to Rose in the kitchen as she's pouring a drink. She tells her that uh, she was throwing out the things that she'd bought from her mm-hmm. uh, when she noticed several or, old war bonds. Mm-hmm. Rose explained that uh, Charlie bought those uh, St. Olaf war bonds back in 1942, and she didn't realize she'd still had them. Rose explains that uh, St. Olaf was very patriotic and wanted to, sure, to fund a surefire weapon to win the war, attack cows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche's face already seems unsettled. She looks up and says, take me now, Lord. <laughs> Rose continues, though, that uh, nobody expects trouble from a cow, but that the U.S. Uh, Air Forces, or just U.S. Forces, rather, would ultimately drop the highly trained attack cows over enemy lines. Uh, then they quickly realized, though, that the cows can't pull rip cords. Mm-hmm. Uh, while it didn't go to plan, it wasn't a total failure, because Germans hate a mess. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine dropping a cow would <laughs> do some damage. Um, it's just, Leave a little crater or something? Yeah, much more centralized. You'll have to be very... Breed a lot of... Uh, Lies. Mm-hmm, that's true. Mm-hmm. Blanche asks if the bonds are worth anything, and Rose assures her they should be worth the listed value of a thousand dollars. Rose kind of gasps when she sees the value. Blanche, however, is ecstatic because she has an entire stack of them. I think she says she had forty nine. Well, I think there's. She said there were forty nine more, so they had mm-hmm. fifty total. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose is excited that they are now rich, uh, which you know, even if it's fifty thousand dollars, I wouldn't call that rich. Right. A good bonus. But they definitely act that way about that Anything, amount of yeah. money. So mm-hmm. Blanche points out that uh, she bought them and Rose, you know, stated that all sales are final. Rose, though, argues that Charlie would want her to have them, you know, to share them. But Blanche says, well, George would want me to keep them. Yeah. Adding that she'll go toe-to-toe with dead husband talk. <laughs> uh, Dorothy enters the kitchen and tells the girl that Stan sent her a kimono in case she changes her mind about the dinner. And has even included a list of things to say or do at the dinner. Right. Um, ask for more potatoes. Um, be appalled that Joe Azuzu wasn't played as an Asian actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, if they say to ask, ask her to walk on their backs, decline. Yeah. And they will ask. <laughs> yeah, I like it. when he ends that letter. Um, it's a, have a potato day. See you later, tater. Your spuddy Stan. That was actually <laughs> yeah. kind of clever. I, that was my favorite Stan line ever so far. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> spuddy Stan. Yeah. Maybe that should be our, our, uh, our sign off for the day. Maybe. <laughs> Stay spuddy, Coco. <laughs> uh, she complains to the girls that Stan is now trying to buy her love. At that moment, Sophia comes in and offers a handful of cash to her daughter, claiming it came from Stan. Mm-hmm. She then tells her mother, hey, she, he's trying to buy your love. And Sophia replies, I'm selling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we change scene again. Tensions have stayed high between Blanche and Rose regarding the war bonds. Uh, the girls are all in the living room and are taking a vote. Uh, Blanche for keeping them or money should be split, right? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, splitting the value wins, but uh, not without a snarky remark from Sophia toward Blanche. I think she said that uh, give it to the old woman. And that Sophia says that that was actually for Blanche to keep it. Now, the tr- thing is, though, is that if that was for Blanche... It would have been 50-50. Yeah, exactly. So if I was Blanche, I would have taken the insult and been like, all right, we're tied again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I did think it was funny, though, that after that, Blanche says, Big Daddy was right. Women should not be allowed to vote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we learned a lot about him in the coming in. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, a lot of bad things about him. Uh, Stan shows up, though, and gives Sophia a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. 
probably brand new back then, right? Yeah, I think so. He also brings the girls outside. What was the, what was the game that came on the Game Boy? Tetris, wasn't it? Yeah, Tetris yeah. was one. And then uh, I know there was a Mario game yeah. from the Game Boy. I, I remember playing Dr. Mario on the Game Boy. I think mm-hmm. that was originally uh, yeah. one of those titles. But I've told you that Alan is like probably the world's best Dr. Mario player, right? Really? I mean, it's, I don't know if my skills it's, are... Well, at one point, he was like scary good. He <laughs> would let it like, like go all the way to the top uh-huh. just to like... Look her back, back down. down. Yeah. Nice. Like he would just, he would just put the <laughs> controller down and just wait until like the fills like built up to the top and like, all right, now I'll go to work. Uh-huh. And I don't think I ever saw him fail to get the whole thing cleared again. Yeah, yeah, I was quite skilled at Doctor Mario, but like I said, I, I'm sure my skills have deteriorated. But savant. I, I could uh-huh. probably get it back yeah. <laughs> to some extent. Seems worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> invest a significant amount of time mm-hmm. and effort. The um. Uh, Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection comes mm-hmm. out for the Switch next week. So yeah, I actually really would like to get that. Yeah, that looks I'm good. About picking it up. <laughs> they have a they had a new Turtles game came out recently too that is in the same vein. Yeah, and yeah. that looks actually pretty good too. Yeah, I think so. That one for the Switch comes out I think next month. Okay. Like, there's, I don't is it know. based on like the new movies and stuff, or is mm-hmm. it the old? No. Yeah, it's just the old animation style from like the original video games. Oh, like the old arcade. Yeah, it's a side mm-hmm. scroller and everything. Yeah, very cool. That was one of my favorite arcade games. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine yeah. too. Totally solid. I looked at um, like for the like the home versions of those. That was one of them I thought about getting. Yeah, but I decided if I get if I get one, it'd be the Simpsons one. Yeah, same here. Um, it's kind of a similar game, honestly, as yeah. far as the way the uh, yeah, yeah animations yeah. drawn and the yeah. the well, Simpsons ones come with the bowling too. That's what I was gonna say. Like that's a big bonus in yeah, my opinion. Agreed. So, I, I think at some point I might end up getting that, mm-hmm. but you know I have any immediate plans for it. Yeah, like. <laughs> I got down, like I, it popped up again. Stupid algorithm showed up in my news feed for like, you know, $60 for one of those. It was like a clearance sale type thing. Oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, you know, and I clicked on the link and it just took me down this, you know, rabbit hole of like sketchy websites. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> Why do I need to get my social security number to buy exactly. this video game? <laughs> buy Stimpsons from good <laughs> Russian people. <laughs> I would totally buy a knockoff version. <laughs> like, that'd, that'd be great if you know if they were all <laughs> trackball is square. Yeah. <laughs> How I does mean, this work? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I I like uh, bootleg type stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I think that stuff is, is pretty funny. I bet you a bootleg Simpsons marble. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Well, I, I like a lot of the different art, which I don't know if you'd call it bootleg exactly. I guess it's bootleg because it's not officially licensed. I, I, it's just I, fan I, art. Yeah. Um, but it's fan <laughs> art from people who are at least have a little bit of a following mm-hmm. art, artist-wise. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, other stuff as well. I have a little set of these uh, four um, milk cartons that it says Milk House. Nice. And they're, they're all little milk cartons that look like Mill House. Yeah. Um, and they just are like in chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, and an original or something like that. And it, it's it, it's it's a weird knockoff. I mean, it's not a knockoff exactly. Again, original. it's an it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> original. I guess plain, normal, built <laughs> <The> classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they reintroduced it <laughs> after New Milk went nowhere. <laughs> A lot of people think oh, they introduce new milk just to drive down the price of, mi- of <laughs> milk. It's or all the value marketing. Of it. Yeah. So. Exactly. Anyways, but I don't know where we're at on the recap ski, but you can take back over when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like yeah. to give a breather yeah. <laughs> every 18 paragraphs. <laughs> you guys ready? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so Stan, you've been encouraged to take back over. <laughs> Driven it in the ditch. So yeah. <laughs> Stan gives Sophia a Game Boy, and he also brings the girls outside and tries to give Dorothy a new convertible mm-hmm. uh, with a customized plate that reads Pothead. Right. Explaining that you know he had to have it shorter from Potato Head. Yeah. I think that's funny, but at the same time, seems like he might run into some uh, uh, trademark infringement. Well, yeah, that oh, Potato Head, yeah, that for mm-hmm. sure. Um, it also just seems like you'd be better off to go Potato H. I just don't think a man with a toupee needs a convertible. Well, that's true. (laughs) But it's for Dorothy, so (laughs) she has all that original hair. (laughs) She does. (laughs) 
and the drapes to match. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, <laughs> Dorothy tells him that she doesn't want the car, his money, to talk to him or to go to that dinner. Mm-hmm. She tells him to uh, you know go away and heads back in the house. Stan follows behind her though and reminds her that you know while he may have messed up their marriage, there were quite a few good times. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the fact that she claps back and says. Until I found out about him. Right. <laughs> that is a good uh, line. Uh, he claims that uh, he was simply trying to make up for some uh, hurt that he'd caused in life, uh, but she won't let him. And uh, he says that no matter what he does, she'll always have the same vision of him in her head, basically as a loser. Yeah. He says now that he's uh, on the winning side, uh, and before uh, leaving, he claims that he won't try to give her any more gifts, and you know what? He won't even bother her again, mm-hmm. which we all know is not true. Yeah. Uh, Sophia then chases after him, saying that, can I be pothead? Yeah. Because <laughs> she wants that car. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her. She wants that convertible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to grab that dough. <laughs> From uh, previous episodes, though, we even know that like she's got some uh, trouble driving. Yeah, right, stuff, right? Yeah. So, uh Blanche asks Rose. Doesn't stop her from doing the Meals on Wheels, though. That's true. That's true. Well, Dorothy does have to help her with that. <laughs> <laughs> now, who was doing it before? Well, I think I like to think she was just walking to the place and then walking the <laughs> cart all the way down yeah. to the apartment building or whatnot. <laughs> There's some really cold meals by the time she got them there. It doesn't matter that they keep all the invalids in the same apartment building. Apartment for shut-ins. Seven weeks, yeah. seven days from now. <laughs> Uh, Blanche asks Rose if St. Olaf is willing to redeem the bonds. Mm-hmm. Rose explains that they want to, but the final value would you know, bankrupt the town, uh, not leaving any funds for uh, the police, firefighters, or the Children's Chi- uh, Cheese Museum. Yeah, this uh, town budgets for its future just about as well as the Golden Girls do. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things like, how small are the police and fire departments if the budget's less than 50 grand? Right. right yeah. yeah. <laughs> one person a piece, and they yeah. only make like 20 grand a piece. Uh-huh. Hey, back in the 80s, I don't know how well that would be, but it seems low then even. Yeah, it seems like you'd want to be getting on the state's teat for, at that point. <laughs> that, well, maybe it's, maybe it doesn't include uh, salaries. Maybe it's just uh, supplies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a fire truck or something would be really expensive, and oh, even yeah. one like Squad police car, car yeah. yeah, eats up your uh, fundage real fast. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rose says that the Children's Cheese Museum is a better place to learn than uh, in the streets. Mm-hmm. Sophia comes in, and uh, Marvel was at the scene from earlier where Stan showed some spine. Mm-hmm. St- kind of standing up for himself. Spin out spine. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> spine? <laughs> It'll be spine in this case, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for doubling down on <laughs> Dor- Dorothy Inners. We're learned. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy enters, and her mother asks, you know, what's so wrong with accepting a gift after all the misery he'd caused her in her life? Uh, Dorothy admits that, you know, seeing her ex-husband kind of stand up for himself was quite a surprise, uh, very different than the man he used to be. She even found it a little attractive, mm-hmm. uh, but knows how hard it is to trust him. Rose then breaks into a St. Olaf story about the difficulties of trusting someone uh, that's betrayed you in the past. She says that, but let's let's dive in a little deeper. <laughs> St. Olaf's tallest girl, old Space Needle, got knocked up in the back of a Fjord Pierre Lane. Yeah, I like that. Local car. I was dumb, but I thought it was funny. Uh, she ended up having to marry the high school's only bald student. <laughs> uh, Dorothy can immediately relate to the story. Right. Same. What did she say? Do you remember? I can't remember exactly, but... Because I, I was so young. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the couple was married for 38 years. Same amount of time Dorothy and Stan were married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Went through a painful divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he returned, uh, having invented press-on warts. Right. Mostly bought by hags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he wanted his wife back, but uh, she was uh, smashed by Skylab. Right. <laughs> which, for people who don't know, is an old uh, like uh, space station. Right. Like, probably the original, wasn't it? I, mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. That's great. <laughs> so that would be the way the, that yeah, she eventually died. Eventually it fa- fell to Earth, right? It was like meant to be, though, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Dorothy, nearly in tears at this point from confusion, asks Rose what the point of the story is, and then uh, she responds, be thankful for your health, which has nothing to do with trust. <laughs> <laughs> so we change scenes again. Uh, Rose and Dorothy are sitting out on the lanai. Uh, Rose is lamenting the prospect of the war bonds bankrupting St. Olaf. As the girls discuss the dilemma, Dorothy is confident that Blanche won't uh, intentionally ruin an entire town. Right. 
But then Blanche joins him uh, with a bevy of new rings that she's trying out on her fingers on loan from the jeweler until she can make up her mind. She kind of monologues about how good uh, she looks with the large rings, despite her you know, meek frame. And also says that she's concerned about St. Olaf. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. Uh, she wishes she knew what the right move was. <laughs> uh, the girls decide to make a pros and cons list to weigh the decision fairly. Uh, the pro, Blanche can get stuff. The con, St. Olaf would be financially stifled. Uh, she exclaims that, uh, well, man, that list didn't clear up anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Dorothy points out, though, that the you know, second con is that taking the money is wrong. She reminds them that despite their differences, they're always there for one another uh, when it's most important. And this is probably my favorite line of the episode. St. Olaf, even though it's the cradle of idiocy, mm. is Rose's hometown <laughs> and an important piece of her life. Right. Uh, Rose adds that she is, uh, even she is a frog buried there. Mm-hmm. Blanche uh, relents and says, okay, she'll extract the bonds later that day from, I think she said, a safe deposit box, right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Rose says that she wants to perform a thank you dance to show her appreciation on behalf of the townspeople. She lists several items she needed. Dorothy assumes that those things would put together a drum. Uh, Rose acts befuddled, having never considered that possibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else they're for, for though, yeah. but she never says. Right. So, change scene again. Uh, later in the kitchen, Blanche returns the war with the war bonds. They all sit down at the table. Rose explains that, you know, in honor of her generosity, they're going to be building a statue of Blanche in the middle of uh, Mrs. Olson Square. Right. Blanche seems touched by this kind gesture and tears up the bonds. But immediately, like, almost as she's tearing them. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy asked the obvious question about how St. Olaf, you know, uh, could be a, able to afford a statue if they were not even able to honor the bonds. Mm-hmm. Rose explains that, oh, no, no, the town has a $500,000 emergency statue fund. Because yeah. that's how they roll in big statue country. Right, I mean, they're known <laughs> for it. <laughs> go big or go home. Exactly. <laughs> Rose explains that the money is only for statue emergencies. <laughs> I, I mean, those come up frequently, <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Uh, the doorbell rings, and Dorothy gets up to get it. As she walks away, she apologizes to Blanche for unintentionally giving her some very poor advice. Mm-hmm. Blanche's face looks dumbstruck by the news. Uh, at the door, it's Stan, and he doesn't announce himself this time, as he usually does. Mm. He's standing there in a tuxedo and asks Dorothy to please tie his bow tie. He can't figure it out and doesn't want to insult the Japanese business people by you know, his dress. Yeah. You know what he says there? He says Something like doing his Frank Sinatra impression. Yeah, like they yeah. missed it. Yeah. He doesn't want them to think they missed his Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she agrees to help him out, and uh, as she's tr- tying it on, they kind of reminisce about the first time she did that for him, their senior prom. Stan comments that it took so long to fix the tie that by the time he got to the drugstore, it had closed. Yeah. <laughs> I really says, like that one. <laughs> <laughs> she says that she remembers it while she basically chokes him with the tie. <laughs> he also talks about how she tied it at their wedding, despite the superstition that seeing the bride before the ceremony is bad luck. And I said, mean, I mean, like, look how good things turned out for them, right? Right, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't think I'd know, I would know how to tie a bow tie. Yeah, it yeah, is weird. Either. Have yeah. you guys ever tied one before? Not no, a bow tie, I'm, no. Like, I'm, even when I was married, I think it was a bow tie that it was... a clip-on, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't exactly a clip-on, per se, but the kind that yeah, attaches around the back. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. More I've looked simple. online before. It's not super straightforward. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. It's and not a thing. One thing I didn't realize, because a lot of the ones like that do clip on the back, mm-hmm. they look very symmetric, mm-hmm. but a bow tie is actually flip-flopped. Oh, like okay. one, like an actual one, has like the bow, like the rounded portion on one side and a flat side on the other. Mm. So that, you know, like, it's basically like a figure eight almost. Mm. Interesting. But, uh, so yeah, you know, their marriage turned out great after that. Oh yeah, 38 years, you know, give them that at least. <laughs> <laughs> Stan talks about how he'd always wanted success <laughs> when he was younger, uh, but now that it's happened for him, he's kind of scared to fail again. You know? Yeah, sure. Like that's kind of a, the precipice, and but this time he'd be alone. He tells her that you know pretty plainly that he misses having her around. Dorothy uh, finally relents and tells him that uh, how about he comes back in an hour, so she can go ahead and get dressed. Uh, he is very thankful for this news, and says that uh, she says that she'll need someone to fasten her pearls. Right. Her. He, she got the tie, he'll get the pearls. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asks, oh, the ones I gave you? And she responds, no, the real ones. <laughs> and I say, In, insert dirty joke as you will. Yeah. <laughs> Pearl necklace. 
<laughs> See, you could have just left it. I think that yeah. I think insert dirty joke as you will was. Yeah. I didn't realize that you needed to insert your own dirty joke. <laughs> so that was an instruction to yourself. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, time for my pre-planned improvisation. <laughs> Um, same scene, one last time now. Uh, Rose and Blanche are in the living room later that night. Blanche is attempting to explain you know, that the town could simply use the emergency statute fund to both pay the val- bond value and pay for town expenses. Mm-hmm. Rose seems flummoxed as the movie m- money is expressing for statues. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, but then realize, oh my gosh, there's a loophole. <laughs> uh, Dorothy and Stan arrive back at the house, and this time Stan, Stan announces them both. Mm. Uh, in his kind of normal way he does. Uh, things went uh, well for the potential customers. Uh, Stan and Dorothy both kind of trade compliments to one another on how things went and how they swooned the Japanese visitors. Right. Dorothy points out that they weren't entirely uh, keen, though, on Stan's Hirihoto jokes. Mm. Uh, Hirihoto was the emperor of Japan until he died in 1989. And as I mentioned earlier, this episode aired in 1990. Ah, so that would be <laughs> so a little too <laughs> soon. Yeah, so. she's like, too soon? He's, <laughs> he said, right, too mm-hmm. soon? Yeah. She kind of gave him the nod there. Uh, Blanche asks if uh, Rose can try to explain her financial theory to the St. Olaf financiers. And Rose says, well, we can try, but we might have trouble reaching anyone as uh, it's everybody hide the corn day. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an insert your dirty joke here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thing as well. Uh, Blanche does not follow up with any questions, and they walk into the kitchen. Uh, alone, Dorothy tells Stan that the dinner was perfect and points out that you know he did an excellent sales job making a deal that will ultimately benefit both sides. Right. Uh, he heads for the door and she follows. They kind of look into each other's eyes and discuss that maybe they could do it again sometime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he genuinely thanks her again and then kisses her on the cheek. He pauses and kisses her right on the mouth and she does not stop him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he slowly walks away and then she closes the door behind him. Sophia, however, in the meantime, had walked into the living room and witnessed the kiss. She tells her daughter, you're going to send me to an early grave. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Dorothy walks toward the kitchen, she stops and turns, tells her mother, too late, Ma. Yeah, that was a great reply. Good night. <laughs> See, I didn't quite get it. Like, is that supposed to be like Sophia's in hell? No, no so it's Sophia's, she, if she late. dies now, it wouldn't be an early grave. <laughs> she's already passed an early grave. Oh, <laughs> so gotcha. She's too old to claim early grave. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, Sophia seems stunned by the comment. Yeah. Just kind of throws her hands up, and then that's the end of it. Yeah. And we close out. Yeah. Well, we had uh, the number of guest actors I enjoy. One. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and that was Herb Edelman, of course, the Stan. Uh, his seventeenth of twenty-five appearances. Uh, we had uh, his his win number. Seventeenth uh, of his twenty-five. Okay. So, um, round in the uh, corner there. So yeah, this mm-hmm. actually this was easily I thought the best stand appearance so yeah. far out of seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, far and above the rest. Other like there are a couple that he was in for a very brief period of time yeah. that I've been appreciative of. Yeah. This one I actually appreciated him in the episode. The one where what? he met his mom. That yeah, was a solid one. Yeah, that was solid. And the one where he, you know, uh, brought the, what is it, the point of light or whatever. Yeah, um, that was a real brief one. But yeah, that, I like that because it was brief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but even the one with his mom, we still got, you know, some of the whiny baby stand, which I don't care for at all. Yeah. Um, Cut him some slack in that one just because of his mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, she does seem a bit domineering. I figure this would be one of your most hated episodes because you could tell early on that was a stand centric. I definitely was very apprehensive about it, but <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised as it went on. Yeah. Um, so, Ski, who got your MVP for this one? I gave it to Stan. I said uh, he uh, showed generosity and some backbone. I said good for him. And I also voted for him because I thought it would upset you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 who did you give your MVP to, Brent? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with Stan as well. Well, I would not have guessed it in a. A million years, but it's a, a clean sweep for Stan because oh, wow. he, even I gave the MVP to Stan in this episode. Nice. Um, I thought he did a really solid job, and I liked the way they portrayed his character this time nice. as opposed to every other time. <laughs> Can you do me a favor? Sure. Will you go ahead and double down and give this one eight slices of cheesecake? No. <laughs> I would love nothing more than for us to determine the greatest episode was a Stan one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought it was. I know I, I normally or frequently go last, but I'll go first this time. I thought it was a solid episode overall, good humor, but 
it did leave two dangling participles there at the end <laughs> with we don't know what ends up happening with the money and we don't know what ends up happening with Dorothy and Stan, uh-huh. um, which I, I liked a little more uh, resolution. Pilot finale. Um, and I thought it w- had some good funny parts, but I wasn't laughing my ass off to the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't any real drama in this one. Uh, and Blanche made herself look horrible yet again. <laughs> so with all those things together. I gave it a five and a half. I thought it was a good episode, but I wouldn't put it in the eight category. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, gave, I went with three and a half for all the oh, same well. reasons that you said. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, how about you, Ski? I actually gave him six. I thought it was well written. It was fairly funny and mostly upbeat. So yeah, I, that, I enjoyed that's it. That's true. That's Benet guy. He's pretty good. Say what? That's Benet. <laughs> yeah. The... <laughs> uh, but anyway. Spinna. Uh, Spinna. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, what was the thing I'm supposed to say here? I just say it's golden. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't remember either. It's anymore. golden. Oh no! It, it was wasn't it like later tater cocoa? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, spud, spuddy. Oh okay, yeah. Stay spuddy, cocoa. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at. Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.